Welcome to the A-Dub Club, a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, technology, pop culture, the internet, and general nerdery. There are three things that are important to know. One, we occasionally use swear words, but try to stay in the range of PG-13, or at least the kind of R that cool parents are fine with. Two, we may talk spoilers. In this particular episode, though, we discuss cancel culture. How could that ever come back to bite us? Uh, to that end, we do talk about people who have done some pretty awful things, but I, I don't think to any real degree of explicitness, but still, your mileage may vary. Uh, and also, we recorded this on May 25th, 2021. Yes, it is still taking me forever to edit these episodes. What that means is we do very briefly talk about Bill Cosby, and that was before the most recent infuriating news. So be warned. And finally, three most importantly, there are apparently 26 TV shows that were canceled after episode one. With that out of the way, welcome to the clubhouse. We have snacks. Welcome to the Adam Club. I'm Andrew Whipple. I'm Alex Wade. And I, ooh, because I don't remember if this is the first one that I've recorded from my new apartment. Or if that was the last one. Hmm. That's Who cool. I, I was re-listening to some episode where you were talking about buying a rug, and I still need to buy a rug. Any good recommendations? Yeah, I got. I think I got mine from Wayfair. It okay. was fantastic. I love it. Uh, it's very stylish and like ties the room together, I think. Nice, nice, nice. But... What we are here to talk about, other than interior decorating, is the most thorny of of political punching bags in our year 2021, not the year 2022, asking Alex Wade, what do you think about cancel culture? It's done no harm. It's nothing but good for society. And anyone saying differently is just hiding something. Mm. My counterpoint is entirely evil and a, a scourge upon society and must be pulled out by the roots in order to protect the sanctity of rational debate. Well, you can go fuck yourself because uh, you're getting canceled now. Ah, oh, damn. End of episode. Damn. End of episode. Canceled so soon. This is an interesting one. I think yeah. I kind of goaded you into talking about this. And so we'll see whether or not <laughs> uh, we'll see whether or not you re we regret uh, giving we'll me the rope on this one. I mean, so yeah. for for myself, the reason why I was so hesitant to do the episode is because I'm afraid of my opinions on it are going to get me canceled like 10 years down the road when I'm world famous, obviously. Obviously. Because um, it just, it feels, it's a strong topic that I, of course, have strong opinions on. But I mean, some opinions are wrong and like, I'm not going to realize that till a year later, maybe, right? Until everyone says, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. The danger. This is our this is our first dangerous episode. Yeah. Um, as dangerous, dangerous as any episode that <laughs> as dangerous as any episode that like three people listen to um, can be. I feel like it's more dangerous for me and my tendency to be more unfiltered than it is for you, though. So interesting. Put that out there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see where the where the episode goes. But yeah. Okay. For real, though. Like first blush, first thought, cancel culture. What what what, what thoughts does yeah. this spark? Um, so I say, as like I define it in my head, and for society in general, I am more of a proponent of the effects of cancel culture and how it has had on society than I feel like a lot of people in general are. And maybe that's not maybe there's a better phrase for it than cancel culture, but 
you know, that is just called holding people accountable, right? That is my like general take is like, I think over the past decade or so when cancel culture has like become prevalent and uh, a part of how we live, it has been a overall beneficial thing. Interesting. Interesting. I do love, and I think that you're hitting on like what's probably going to be the yeah. key <laughs> thing of this whole discussion is defining that it. like, yeah, defining it. What the fuck does it mean? Cause it's like, or it's something that is kind of has become so broad a, a term as to be completely meaningless in some ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually hadn't thought about it through the lens of like, if you sum up all of the things that people talk about when they talk about cancel culture and yeah. still tr had to say like net net good bad is literally not a thing I had ever thought about before. Yeah. Um, like and I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll come to an answer by the end of this episode. How about sure. let's, let's, let's put some drama and some stakes behind the discussion. Absolutely. I, I would say like uh, one of the biggest Harvey Weinstein, right? He got, he got canceled. Cancel culture is responsible for Harvey Weinstein going to prison, right? And I think there's a large portion of society that when they describe cancel culture, they do not think of him as someone who has been affected by cancel culture. It's interesting that you bring up the Harvey Weinstein example in particular, because I think it's definitely a, a big sparking point for one of the flavors of modern canceling, if you're thinking about like the Me Too movement and stuff like that. But yeah, the... The, the it's interesting that you bring up the uh, him getting sent to prison part of things because I do think a big part of a lot of the stickier parts of cancel culture is the elements of it being extrajudicial and it being True. things that happen sort of outside of the legal system in ways that are both good and necessary, but ways that are also like it's I think what can lead to a lot of people and maybe we get into particular examples or, or hypotheticals um, further down, but like lead into some of those discussions around the like, is this going too far? Who gets to say what and blah, 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 blah. The Harvey Weinstein example is an interesting one in that it is one of the handful of things where there is an actual legal end process to it all where if you define justice as happening through the legal system, which a lot of people don't, and yeah. I'm not even a thousand percent sure if I do. It's one of the few examples of it, like, working. True. I think that is also because of the, yeah, I mean, like, I, I hadn't thought about that part of it. Maybe I should give a different example of, like, R. Kelly, right? Mm -hmm. Or the bald, redheaded comedian. R. Kelly being actually a very good example in that I, I my understanding of the literal usage of the term cancel apparently actually came from a Nile Rogers song from the 90s I think but the sort of modern vernacular like every term that becomes popular through the internet nowadays started on black twitter started in particular through lens of talking about like people like I think maybe even R. Kelly specifically yeah. of hey here are prominent powerful people that we can use our cultural power to be able to say hey we should not be supporting this person who is doing all of these terrible things. And, and I think, I think the R Kelly is actually one of the initial examples of the modern black Twitter led version of literally using the word cancel as a verb. Yeah. I, I guess just this of like the difference between R Kelly and Harvey Weinstein and like, mm. and, and there still is this element of people of women coming out and saying these things that is encouraged by society 
at the time due yeah. to cancel culture, so to speak, that caused a harsher sentence. Like it, it, it's like cancel culture, I think, influenced the judicial system in that sense. Like the nature of society encouraged more people to come out, encouraged more people to thwart this person for better. That is due. It's it's so it's 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 more in my head like a spectrum of cancel. Like it is beyond traditional cancel culture, but it is cancel culture is still inherent in Harvey Weinstein's case. Does that make sense? I think so. Is it sort of that you're saying that like like he was getting canceled before he went to prison, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I can see that. Yeah, because the whole thing sort of sparking from like the New York Times and New Yorker articles and the public justifiable public outrage over those articles that then led to the open reopening of cases that might have been closed yeah. or opening of new cases etc cetera, like et cetera. the crime yeah. is so egregious that society un- unambiguous like uh, uh the people who wouldn't qualify it as cancel culture would qualify it you know as as just like just desserts right yeah it's 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 like if you go far enough into cancel culture it gets into this right it gets into mm. legal ramifications if that mm-hmm. makes sense like it's just an extension um, or maybe not an extension it's the next step in my in the spectrum of societal punishment in this weird way kind of yeah i could see that and it's also the uh, harvey weinstein is an interesting case in how it's on the one hand so 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 black and white egregious um all the stuff that he did in a way that's like impossible to in any sort of good or bad faith argue that anything that he did was remotely justified and doesn't deserve extremely severe punishment at the same time it is that case of like him being extremely economically and culturally and to some degree politically powerful meant that he was able to do really really bad things for a really really long time with people knowing about it without it being something that you know anyone could do anything about until the floodgates break and then all of a sudden it's like okay you know now finally we can treat this behavior as egregious uh for it being as egregious as it is i I, say that but i think a better um, more comparable person for cancel culture that is as uh i'm not going to try to compare different crimes in general but oh yeah meta take yeah, this messy, not comparison things. Yeah. Also, two straight white guys that are talking about cancel culture. Come on. Qualifying you, statements. Qualifying statements, qualifying statements, <laughs> qualifying statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you. But, I should have said that a minute one, not minute 13. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that one. Uh, Bill Cosby. Um, and he, he did also, you know, get judicially punished uh, and is in prison right now. But also, we don't watch his content anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that is would be un vaguely unacceptable right yeah Yeah, totally and i think that's a lot more comparable thing than harvey weinstein because uh even though you know he was an executive producer on a lot of executive producer yes pretty sure producer executive producer whatever on a lot of movies like we still watch those movies Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah you're totally right that there is not that same level of like let's throw it cast aside everything that weinstein's made um in in the way that we definitely sort of have for bill cosby and i wonder how much of that is that like cosby's more identifiable with his own creations in a way that weinstein like being more of a behind the scenes person and also i feel like the fact of like 
just that there's so, so, so much Weinstein stuff and so much of it is like beloved Oscar movie. It's yeah. it's that weird thing where it's like you just kind of don't think about it and move along. Yeah, that's that's fascinating because it's, it's just, I don't know. It's, it is, you know, stuff that he's worked on and it is, it is, it is Bill Cosby's face and his character that he's created. So he has a lot more ownership in that way, but you know, other people still worked on it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's all thrown out because his face is it like house of cards, right? Like Kevin Spacey, you know, got canceled Mm -hmm. and, uh, Mm -hmm. That whole show went to shit for one more season. I didn't actually watch the final season, but... uh, I didn't either. Christopher Plummer replaced him in whatever that Jay Gettys movie was. Um, All the Money in the World. They digitally reshot. Actually, interesting. Hey, uh, related to what I I mentioned before the show and watched this last night. The Zack Snyder movie Army of the Dead. That uh, the zombie heist movie that just came out. Um, I went to go see that last night. And after Chris D'Elia was originally cast um, as like the helicopter pilot role. Yeah. Um, and then, hey, total creep, bad. And so uh, Zack Snyder completely cut him from the film, recast Tig Notaro to play his part. Um, and I was actually reading an interesting article about like how crazy expensive it was to do it because they basically like green screened her into everything and like did really crazy editing to like make it work for all the other characters that she's like in scenes with but never acted with um yeah. it was actually very impressive how well it worked i was kind of trying to keep an eye out for it and it turns out she's really funny in this like weird zombie movie but yeah yeah interesting i will also crazy. say if you want more discussion on what should you do about art from canceled people uh episode whatever number allegedly 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 can you like good art from shitty from shitty people i think one of our best episodes i agree and i think we should possibly revisit it sometime soon okay i'm into it i'm into it i'm I'm just feeling it but on to this episode that we're currently Mm -hmm. doing yeah canceled so there's there's these egregious cases right Uh, bill cosby we can no longer watch the cosby show r kelly like Kind of gets some a lot of questioning looks when you're listening to it at the club, respectfully, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. respect more than respectfully, like rightly so. But these are like the the obvious obvious things. Uh, yeah. One thing that I do want to mention of right now, and we're gonna get right into the gray area of things. Let's of, go. Uh, Aziz Ansari, oh, Master yeah. of None, season three, just came out. I have not watched it. I. I think I'm going to watch it because I watched season one and two. He is not in it anymore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he still is writing and producing it. And Aziz Ansari was this very, very gray area person who like did some kind of creepy, sketchy things that I, I do not remember specifically. And this is one of the reasons why I was scared of this episode is because yeah. like... I, I'm I'm trying not to lay judgment on this specific case because it is such literally I feel like this is the middle ground. Yeah. Case. And it, well, I think that that gets at a key thing in particular. The I mean, some of the arguments around cancel culture are just like bad faith bullshit sure. uh, there. But also, I think a lot of the good faith arguments even if they're quote-unquote good faith arguments coming from people that i think are reprehensible come from the i 
So in order to cancel someone, you're canceling them because they did something bad, ostensibly. There's a lot of disagreement on like how bad are things or are some things even bad at all? And I think the... The, the, the so much of the messiness comes from stuff around the like in the case of the b2 movement around like renegotiating what is appropriate sexual behavior um in relationships and relationships that have different power di- differentials and things like that in the case of like post george floyd and, and other top conversations around racism of like what yeah. is acceptable or unacceptable racist or not racist behavior and that like there is a lot of good faith and bad faith disagreement about like what things are bad or not. Um, And I think in the Yeezy's Ansari case, that was definitely something that you saw of even among people on like quote unquote, the same sides in most traditional breakdowns of how you would analyze things um, in our hyperpolarized culture that you would have people not, it's like, is it, Oh, the stuff that happened, because basically the idea, the story was that a woman who went on a date with Ansari uh, regretted, see, even the way to describe it, it's like it's hard to describe it without making a judgment (laughs) one direction or another, as neutrally as I can try to say it. Which is Um, impossible. Yeah. Even that is impossible to do, is to neutrally describe a situation. Yeah. But I guess as best as possible that, like, she felt that she had been pressured into uh into the sexual experience and he felt that it was totally consensual and then open questions from that point on of like is it just as some people were saying it's like oh yeah there's a term for that it's called having bad sex or is it no this is like someone in a higher position of power unacceptably pressuring someone and i do think in general the aziz ansari seems to have sort of in the majoritarian culture settled into, yeah, it's, you know, maybe not great, but it's not bad or not. Actually, the other part of canceling is like, what kind of punishment is worthy of the infraction? It seems that like these inside cases sort of loosely generalized into like nothing really worth aggressive ramifications. But I mean, again, like you said, it's the middle ground. It's the gray of like, different people have different opinions on is the thing at 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 is the thing that is being discussed bad or not yeah and the biggest one of the biggest things about this episode is like having opinions about these things is also causing causes itself for canceling people like if i had said like i'm not going to say these things out loud and have them recorded like if i had said this bad thing you know, that'll get taken out of context years later or something. Um, But if I had said something super bad about any of these cases, like that in and of itself is like, oh, you're a shitty person. You have, if if you're going to be defending this sort of person, um, like even for Aziz Ansari of like the things that you had said about him of like, oh, he's, well, I mean, you, you didn't lay judgment on whether or not society has justly punished him or anything. Correct. I made it. I made a point to try and actively remove uh, uh, any of my own opinions from that sentence, which is telling in and of itself. Yes, exactly. That's also the thing of if you don't have an opinion on it, that's also like another judgment onto people. That is another like, yeah. oh, you are like if if someone, for example, is uh, obviously is for canceling Aziz Ansari, like, and you're like, oh, this is such a clear cut case. He was a creep, a pervert. 
and he should have known better and like he should not be in a position of power anymore me and you not having opinions on that and not necessarily agreeing with that if tides turn in a certain direction is influential for how people see us right mm-hmm. so it's this cancel culture around cancel culture as well um, yeah and so okay that is the one thing um in in the i will say i guess putting my cards on the table of you sort of saying that like net net it it seems like yes. more good has come from the overall which i do want to restate that canceling. i said that at the very beginning that yeah, yeah. I think in general cancel culture is good <laughs> yes exactly um and uh, I had never thought about the like full net net of everything, but sure. my gut would probably lean towards, and I don't know how much this is me focusing on different aspects versus others, would have leaned towards the like, oh, it's much more middle ground, maybe net negative. I don't know. However, in think in splitting that apart a little bit, the thing yeah. that I do feel more confidently net negative is there's the part of what we're discussing, and I think we've talked about so far, which is the hey, there's this sort of messy conversation around, is this thing bad? Or are these things that people are doing bad? Yes or no? Can we take another look at previously beloved or powerful or popular people in a new light in and, you know, attempt to hold them accountable for uh, bad things they did? I, we didn't really talk about it a ton, but I guess we kind of mentioned it in like actually you just said around changing of the times. I think that's another big part of it is that like yeah. as these... It's, it's you know, uh, stuff that was previously acceptable. We are now starting to say, actually, let's renegotiate and decide that maybe it isn't. And that can be a messy process to that renegotiation. I think is that part of it, which I'm pretty in favor of, at least as a like, hey, it seems like the end goal is to try and be better. So maybe it's a messy yeah. way of getting there, but whatever. The part that I am more confidently like, uh, I don't know about this is the way that a lot of it gets expressed, particularly the way a lot of it gets expressed online, particularly the way a lot of it gets expressed online on particular platforms like Twitter and to a lesser extent, Facebook and Instagram. But I think I think a huge part of the modern cancel culture conversation is kind of a way of talking about Twitter being a bad website that is, is, sure. yeah. is, is very, very poorly designed for any sort of broad public conversation. Yeah, I think there's a certain, there is a part of this that is a certain amount of carelessness in people's forming their own opinions and getting caught up in fervor to to do something about these situations. Like I remember there was the, there's the, uh, you know, the the OK symbol by, mm-hmm. that is a troll, trolls on 4chan pretending that the OK symbol is actually a white supremacist sign, which pseudo has turned it into a white supremacist sign a little bit, kind of in particular situations. But there was one uh, at React, a React conference. React is a front-end framework for software development. The like, head of the conference did the OK symbol below his waist, which is a common game that you play in like middle school of like if you show it below your waist and you get your friend to look at it, then you get to like punch him in the shoulder. And it's just some stupid game that he was playing a joke on the audience. This caused a huge uproar in the community being like, he is flashing a white supremacist sign at a React conference, at this like major tech conference. And like this framework is built on racism and white supremacy. And you have people in like subtle ways and like conflating a lot of issues that are like issues in tech in general with this fake 
white supremacy signed by a guy that was clearly not him trying to be white supremacist. And like he was he almost got canceled because of this, frankly, misunderstanding. Yeah, similar blow up happened in the Jeopardy world, just like in the last couple of weeks. Yes, very recently. Yeah. And it's wild. And it's like, this is, this is, that was also something that I had an opinion about of he had, he had done the number three, but had done it like an okay symbol, mm -hmm. which was the white supremacist sign. Oh God, and, that's right. I forgot about that. It's even dumber than the normal okay. Yeah, uh, it was awful. Bullshit. <laughs> it was so stupid. Like, and also the previous times it was like showing how many times he had won. So he, he did a number one for the first time he won. He did a number two for the second. And then he did a number three in like a weirder way. And people are judging him being like, no one does a three that way. And on top of him, like having to come out and be like, I had no intention. I condemn white supremacy. People were like, you need to apologize because of the grief that you caused people. So like their misunderstanding of his signal is his responsibility. Yeah. Which is wild. Yes, I agree. And that, I think also very nicely ties into one of the, uh, when I said that a lot of what is bad about modern council culture is actually what is bad about Twitter. Um, yeah. I think that in particular is one thing that Twitter is uniquely bad at in comparison to even Facebook and Instagram and other social networks, um, which is the context collapse problem where the way Twitter is designed as a social network is you are in your own community, you're tweeting a bunch of stuff, it's seen by your friends, seen by your followers, whatever. All of a sudden, a thing blows up and becomes viral, which means it is now being viewed totally atomized outside of any, not only the context of the rest of your feed or the rest of the things that your people are saying, even if you're like yeah. doing it in a tweet thread of multiple linked tweets, it's looking at the one individual tweet that is pulled out of that context and now thrown into everyone else's contexts, which are understandably, correctly, totally different than yours. Um, and and uh, it can be at most 280 characters worth of stuff, which there is no way to give supporting context for in just 280 characters. And then it leads to Twitter. There's there's the concept that was I, I first heard about it like two or so years ago around the whole like James Charles, Toddy Westbrook sh shenanigans. Someone posted a tweet that was like, Twitter has a main character every day and your number one goal is to not be it. And that's totally the experience of being on Twitter, especially in the pandemic. I was noticing as people were even more losing their minds and spending more times on Twitter that like every day there is one person who kind of blows up usually for doing something bad or sometimes even for doing something good. And then all of a sudden everyone on Twitter is talking about this one random person, which then turns into someone finds something bad that they've done, or maybe they did something bad in their original thing that made them blow up. Sure. And then it turns into a giant soup of context collapse, a giant soup of harassment. And usually like someone's day is made very, very miserable uh, for the benefit of a couple minutes of entertainment of everyone else on the site. Now, yeah. I will also say a lot of my thinking on this is entirely influenced by Ryan Broderick, excellent internet culture reporter with an excellent podcast and newsletter that you should, if you are listening and you are interested in hearing more people scream about how Twitter is a badly designed website, uh, check out Ryan Broderick's stuff. Okay, I'll, t I'll take a look. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I think like, like what you were saying around, uh, to link back what you were talking about, the you have to apologize for my misunderstanding. Like, that's the Twitter main character thing in a nutshell of, 
the whole bean dad thing of uh, the lead singer for the long winters who did a like if you are familiar with him joking in character in his sort of curmudgeon character thread about how he like made his daughter spend six hours trying to figure out how to open up a can of beans when she was hungry that then blew up into a whole like it's child abuse thing that then blew up into finding a bunch of his attempts at doing reverse racism jokes back in 2012 which were bad jokes but also the kind of bad jokes that everyone was making in 2012 but is that okay even then hmm, i don't know sticky this is how things are weird but yeah like that those examples of this is not a thing that everyone should be caring about and it's also not a thing that it's like you as a random person who got the drive by of twitter putting either through its like trending topics or through someone else retweeting and commenting on this random thing that that blew up into your experience like i disagree that you that person owes you an apology for this thing that like drove oh, by yeah. through your experience yeah. but a lot of other people however would say no in fact you do owe me an apology for this injury that you've caused yeah Though, also, that said, even that's a little different because, like, I don't know, if you say something super racist in a tweet and then that blows up, I still think it means that Twitter's a bad website that that would ever come across your feed. But maybe then I feel a little bit differently about the, like, should that person – but I don't know. Twitter's bad. Twitter's bad. uh, Twitter is wild. Um, I still – it's still the like, the one social network I use the most, though. (laughs) I I, I do not use it. After all of that. I'm glad I don't use it. Something that I, I want to talk about, which is we're maybe even getting into murkier waters now. Um, Let's go. Is canceling normal people over rude comments or Ooh. racist comments. Like I'm rude is even too too small, right? Yes. Yes. In that, or I'm assuming what you're saying is that like we could fairly, given everything we just said, fairly easily get to a hey, you shouldn't cancel people over just like mildly rude comments. That's probably someone sure. overreacting. However, continue However, with what you were saying. If there's someone who is like racist or homophobic or some sort of bigotry, and then the Twitter mob goes around and finds their job and you know sends them the tweets or whatever comments that they have posted online, then they get fired, right? I, I honestly don't know how I feel about that. Like, because mm-hmm. I totally get wanting to combat those things in society and wanting to hold people accountable and, I don't know, pushing for change at the same time. Like, you know, these are people's livelihoods. I don't know. I have a lot of conflicting yeah. feelings about it. And yeah. Like, this is also the thing of like you, you had said the comments made in like 2012, like comments I'm making right now, obviously, first off, I'm still forming these opinions mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and is having these opinions in this. is This is like a tangent from the previous question I was asking, but is having these opinions right now that I'm having uh, if 10 years from now, I turn turns out I'm like, oh, God, no, like, absolutely. Unquestionably, this person should have been canceled because of saying racist comments online. Should I be held accountable to that? And like, is it is it me? Not not should I be held accountable, but like, how many of these comments in the past do I have to address to like moving forward? Like, yeah, do I need to do I should I be going back through our old a dub clubs and uh, listening to what I was saying when I was eighteen and trying to post out somewhere the opinions that I disagree with? 
now? Which you can find at the adub.club uh, and yeah. wherever fine podcasts are found. Uh, um, I mean, maybe not the podcast because those are like three years ago, right? But like from the, are they three years ago? Oh, when did God. We Oh yeah! Oh, you're talking about the YouTube. Oh boy! Yeah. I don't. Oh boy. <laughs> right. I don't, wanna, like, I don't even want to. Like, I I don't know if there's anything there, but I'm also just thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Um, I yeah, remember someone on, commented on the. I, maybe I shouldn't be saying this right now because, uh, but like someone commented like it's like haha we learned from this episode that Alex is sexist and I'm like I'm not gonna go back and watch that episode. Oh, I probably yeah. I probably was being sexist. I was an 18 year old like fucking idiot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, do I do I need to go back and hold myself accountable for that? All right. Maybe not hold myself. Do I need to to address every mistake that I have made in the past? Yeah, because I I, I appreciate that turn of phrase because yeah. I think yeah. um, uh, that's where the things that I bristle against in sort of the modern twitter-based incarnation of cancel culture it, it is a lot of stuff that comes through the language of holding people accountable or i'm going to hold myself accountable but that does open up the question of like abstract take away a potential of a twitter mob what would it mean to hold yourself accountable to for having potentially said a sexist thing in a um, youtube yeah. video from 2012 and actually like I don't actually know other than, yeah. I mean, is an apology enough accountability? Is eight years of growing accountability? Maybe, yeah. maybe <laughs> not. I kind of lean a little bit, like thinking out loud and talking about it in real time, I do kind of lean towards like, it's also easy in this case of like, it's a thing that no one watched and it had probably no sure. actual negative yeah. impact on the real world. But even in the abstract that like, I think, yeah, I lean towards that it's probably apology and or, or growing and being a better person in the future is the most useful and apology secondarily in more in the case of like if someone discovered that and then was hurt by it but but i don't know now that being said the counterpoint to that though is what you were talking about is like what does it mean to actually be held accountable for those things i don't know what does it mean to have to deal with a potential twitter mob about it i think are two different things which to yeah. me indicates that like it's not always about accountability in the world of 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 yeah the Twitter mob version of canceling. That's uh, I know Bo Burnham had done an interview, um, and he had he had talked a bit about cancel culture, and he had talked about like oh his previous work he had made when he was sixteen year old in his room with his piano, and he first off he doesn't take the content down because uh, you know he wants like this is a living history, and then additionally like he he is the one who has talked about these things. He is the one in his current comedy and his current art he has addressed the things that he's done um years ago and like i obviously am not at the level yet and i am hopefully not narcissistic enough right now to pretend like you know this is a real question i'll have to answer someday but um but i also you know do hope it is right like <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah and i don't know if for the betterment of mankind if me or for or for my own selfish sake to like leave content up that I disagree with versus uh, protecting my ass and deleting it. Yeah, I feel that will that... this episode be deleted in years coming? I don't know. Uh, we'll talk knows. about it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah, I that point, I feel more solidly that that is a 
especially in the case of like it's artistic content and blah, blah, blah. That's like a personal decision of it, it makes Absolutely. total sense to me that Bo Burnham would take the knowing what I know about him as an artist would take the approach of leave it up, comment on it later. Um, yeah. That fits in with his style. I could also easily see other folks that are more of like the me that of now is the me that matters. And they maybe even be tempted to like do that regardless of the cancel culture implications of it to like take down old stuff or to severely minimize old stuff in favor of new things. And so I think it is it. Yeah. I don't know what, I think I do tend to just in general lean more towards being down to delete old stuff that I probably, if I know myself, would take the approach of delete you know if if there was a a video with a racist thing in the past delete it and address it if i had to we'd probably be which maybe that's not a good thing but that's sure but that's probably where i would i would lean yeah like of judgment for people and being like you tried to hide this from people and you know we know you must be a bad person because you're too Mm. ashamed to try and address it Yes. Okay. That's the other thing that I did want to talk about, which is partly stolen or not stolen, influenced, I suppose, by a ContraPoints video, a ContraPoints YouTuber who does like leftist philosophy stuff, uh, who was canceled um, or went through a canceling. I guess that's more accurate because like she still makes stuff and still. Sure. It was much more of a group of people are really mad. Other group of people is less um, and did a whole video on like, all right, let's do a philosophical breakdown of canceling. And in it, one of the things that she did call out is exactly the stuff that both you and I have been talking about and what you just said there around how so a lot of modern, especially sort of the mob version of canceling does rely on this sort of essentialism of it's not that you said a racist thing. It's that you said a racist thing, therefore are a racist or are a bad person. And so in that world, that means that you having, uh, I feel so weird continuing to say you because that makes it sound like I'm saying that you, Alex Wade, yeah, have sure. done these things. <laughs> um, I'm the royal you. And by that, I mean, listeners, yes, absolutely. It, Alex Wade did all these things. It's none of this hypothetical. <laughs> uh, the royal you says something racist and then, you know, eight years ago, and then becomes a better person in the interim, and then deletes the old thing. That's what allows for some of this like, oh, but you see, they did this bad thing in the past, even if it's counter to who they are now, um, because it is more of this essentialism of you did a bad thing, therefore, you are racist. And similar to what we were sort of talking about earlier of, you know, that combines with the this sort of transitiveness of not only did you know, this person did a bad thing, therefore they are a bad person, but this person did not call out or cut ties with the bad person, therefore they are also a bad person, therefore this other person who didn't cut ties with the other person is a bad person, and so on and so forth, in a way that, again, I think is only productively able to be focused on and screamed about because of platforms like Twitter. Um, But it is, yeah, this sort of like, that's, again, this I'm even in my language, the way I'm talking about it, I'm framing it to say that, like, I think that is bad and we should not do that. But yeah. but it can still be messy because to some degree, like, hey, I'm the one who's going to make the comparison in, the, in this case. I, this is a joke because Wade said that he wouldn't he oh. wanted to make a point of not doing this for the listener. <laughs> um, the like, there's the difference between, hey, 
this person said a racist thing and I have decided I have not decided to cut ties with them as a friend. I don't think that I should be canceled for that hypothetical would be different from this person is an actual Nazi and I'm going and hanging out and being friends with them is like, that's bad. You probably shouldn't do that. Hey, dude, stop being friends with a Nazi. So maybe it's all just a matter of degrees. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good Nazi comparison. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Learn from the best. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's all very, very messy and the right thing and the mob thing are two very different like things often. And there is, in my opinion, often a overblowing of like, you know, reactions to shit, but it's hard to, I don't know, like for, to, to go back way before I started a different tangent of like Joe Schmo schmuck in the middle of nowhere getting canceled because of like a racist video. Right. Or there, there was a guy I know who, I don't know the full situation, but he was threatening this guy who was on his block and it was, it was not cool of him to do. And then the next day there was a literal mob outside of his door because his video went viral and something feels off about that to me. Yeah. There's like a, <laughs> like uh, there's like a power Im- or an interesting power imbalance of it feels different or from the outside, it looks different for a bunch of random people on Twitter to say that R Kelly is bad and say, I'm not going to stream R Kelly music. Yeah. Versus a bunch of random people on Twitter to say that to another random person, where in that case, it's like the, the, oh, hi there, cat. Uh, the sum forces of, of the crowd may feel more appropriately balanced against the general power imbalance that comes from celebrity, money, power, yeah. et cetera, in a way that isn't the case in the smaller group. The counter to that, I think, is, or, the two counters that I can see to that are one it's, I think it, it, I don't remember where I first heard it, but the, like the snowflake doesn't feel responsible for the avalanche. So on every individual sure. person's side, it's very easy, especially when cough platforms like Twitter make it really easy to do this kind of stuff uh, and make it very seamless and frictionless to post and quote tweet things. Yeah. Um, it makes it very easy to feel like, okay, the power imbalance still in this case is, it is me, a random person, versus this person who is richer. Or if the case of like, hey, I am not a white person that is saying this to a white person, therefore there is a, a power imbalance there that is, I'm the one who is in the imbalanced part of the equation. Sure. It just completely falls apart when it's a ton of people doing that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think it's also part of it is people who willingly put themselves into the public field versus people who don't necessarily right like you could argue oh Mm, making tweets in public is putting yourself in the public field but it's very different right when you gain your wealth by being famous and by having celebrity status and having adoring fans and stuff like that it's like you you live and die off of the crowd and like that's what you've chosen versus i don't know getting punished and shamed by society in a way but also maybe that is like the overall effect of these individuals getting losing their jobs for doing some awful thing 
you know, causes more shame for these people. And like, oh, if we are visually seeing that this thing that they're doing is bad, right? Mm -hmm. And like, that has an effect on other people doing that. To to be scared to be racist is a good thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm very glad for that. I'm very glad for for the for the fear of being canceled and what that prevents or, or, or uh, uh, not prevents people from doing necessarily, but what, you know, scares people off from doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. The powerful, uh, great force. Yeah. It is also I don't fully take stock in this line of argument, but there is a line of argument around how oh, when people say cancel culture, they're talking about the left doing all this stuff, which is what we've sort of mostly talked about. But actually, the real cancel culture is people on the right that are going against and getting people fired for various left-wing beliefs. Um, I don't believe in the version of it that is left-wing cancel culture is not a thing. Don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. Only right-wing cancel culture matters. But to sort of put the counterpoint to all all the examples we've talked about, just last this week, a writer for the AP um, who apparently was a graduate of my college that just got hired a couple weeks ago that then got fired because the college Republicans group uh, dug like made a whole big stink about how she was in a pro-Palestinian advocacy group in college, which then got her like on Tucker talked about on Tucker Carlson's show and stuff like that, which then got the AP to fire her like two days after she was hired. Um, oh. And this all happened just like last week. And it's like that is easy for me to feel bad about um, or say is bad because it is doing the gross mob stuff that I don't like also to punish someone for having opinions that I think are not just the right opinions, but at the very least it should be acceptable opinions, at least in the realm of public discourse. Um, So it makes it a little easier to maybe I feel like that's kind of why we're not talking about it a ton is because like it's easy to say, right-wing cancel culture is gross because we're not right-wing people um and so we can just sort of chalk it off but for the sake of of completeness i guess true yeah yeah i mean i guess in that in that context you know it's you can kind of see the double-edged sword of the tool and how it's used you know Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know what to say to that (laughs) yeah let's see hard this is a very hard topic. I know. Isn't it fun? Yeah. <laughs> um, that sounded sarcastic. I mean it genuinely. I think this is no, very yeah, fun absolutely. to discuss. Yeah. Um, oh, there's also the weird version of cancel. So I think we touched on it before and we sort of talked about it in going through these various examples. But like when people argue about cancel culture, they mean a whole bunch of different things. And so actually when the right argues about cancel culture, what they're arguing about, I think most of the time is – hey, I want to say things that are no longer socially acceptable and people yes. are going to yell at me. Like, as, in some cases, it doesn't even get to the level of these kinds of, like, the more the a mob showing up at the house or a person getting fired or stuff like that. It might just be someone is going to say some mean things to you or yeah. write a counterpoint article saying, hey, that's a bad thing that you shouldn't say anymore, which is like, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, it's- I think it's similar to like, there's a common thing of like rights and whenever people bring up rights, you're, it's my right to do something, then you know that they're doing something shitty, right? So yeah. in the same, in a similar context of like, I want to be able to say these things without 
people canceling me. It's like, okay, they're not canceling you. They're just saying that you're being racist right now. You're just having a shitty opinion and people are responding to you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and actually, not just the right doing that, like Cuomo is also doing the same thing around like, oh, this is all just cancel culture trying to yeah. get me um, for all of his, <laughs> like, uh, his, his uh, assault accusations. And it's like, no. Well, maybe if cancel culture means anytime anyone is saying that you did anything bad, which is, I guess, what it kind of means nowadays. See our earlier point of it means sure. enough, everything and nothing. Yeah, it's kind of just it's it's fake newsified a little bit in that anyone can sort of use it as their own bugbear. Um, yeah, there is also though the the <sighs> annoying flavor of cancel culture top debate which i don't even know necessarily if i want to get into but just to sort of bring it up unless it sparks interesting discussion the whole like elite media discussion around cancel culture that's very like from the new york times opinion page and spiraling outwards around like the you know is barry weiss and andrew sullivan canceled because blah 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 is is the a lot does seem to stem around this sort of elite media discussion around cancel culture that does try to couch it more in the flavor of hey our goal is to preserve open debate um which is not really a thing that's necessarily talked about in some of the other you know cancel culture examples that we've talked about before and also, weirdly, a lot of it does seem to really come down to, particularly in the UK, this like virulent strain of like anti-trans liberal thought in the UK that seems to be infecting a lot of this oh. discussion around cancel culture, the whole, you know, J.K. Rowling thing and the, oh yeah, the UK leftism apparently has a uh, very aggressive anti-trans strain that particularly comes from uk mommy blogs over the last like 10 years and it's apparently a big thing that fortunately has not fully taken root in the u.s apparently to the dismay of a lot of like uk leftists who are like wait why has this not taken hold in the u.s yet and hopefully we can continue to keep that from happening um yeah. but <laughs> But hey, yeah, I guess the J.K. Rowling thing of like, okay, is J.K. Rowling canceled or not? Yeah. yeah. That's a hard, uh, yeah. I don't know. These are hard, because uh, he kind of is, but I'm sure Chris Child's going to be coming back to Broadway, and uh, she's going to be still making buttloads of money from lots of these different things, you know? Yeah. And it is, the Harry Potter example is also an interesting, like, sort of similar to what we talked about in our can you like good art from shitty people thing has the benefit of the cop-out of a lot of the recent harry potter stuff just hasn't been very good and so it's e like harry potter as a brand is definitely in decline certainly compared to like 10 years ago but how much of that is oh jake rowling has been canceled blah, blah blah versus how much of it is like okay the fantastic beast movies aren't great cursed child was supposedly good and very successful but like it's like cursed child and harry potter world are kind of the last big successful harry potter things so it makes it easier to uh, easy to sort of throw it under the rug and be like all right i'm not going to interact too much with harry potter stuff because i don't have to because i'm not forced to not forced to deal with a really good thing that i'm choosing to not interact with because i don't like the person that is doing it yeah one other thought, though, that does come to my mind is I wonder how much of the inception of this current fervor around cancel culture and this fervor to 
both be more aggressive in terms of like how do we deal with bad things and attempt to punish them or deal with them as well as how do we attempt to rail back against what we think is people being way too gung-ho on stuff. Uh, I wonder how much of that is coming from Donald Trump getting elected president and everyone being super fucking stressed for the last four years. And then there also being a (laughs) pandemic on top of it. Like genuinely, is it just that like when people are really on edge, they get snappy. They tend to like, like the human body when it is stressed literally goes into more black or white thinking um, and more fight or flight reactions. And like, is maybe that part of it. And it would, if people were chiller, it would be less crazy. Yes. I'm not sure. I don't feel like I have a good handle on the prevalent, not prevalency. Maybe that's the right word. Propagation of whatever of uh, cancel culture in general and how common it is and the rates of it, you know, Uh, I don't even know how to quantify it, whatever the quantifiable measurement of cancel culture is. I don't know how much it's increased over the years and in reaction to certain to Donald Trump getting elected to the pandemic happening, you know? Yeah. I feel like I can't really comment on that specifically given that I don't know how more it's been. That's fair. And, and to, I mean, to me, it definitely feels more and different than it did pre Trump. However, I don't know how much of that was a difference between me being in college to not being in college and that like was college a more like it does feel like there is more to lend some hint of credence to what I think is mostly annoying bullshit arguments around the like, oh, the sphere of debate is closing and blah, blah, blah. Like there was less orthodoxy in opinions and discussions, at least as I remember them among friend groups in college in comparison to afterwards. What I don't know is how much of that is like, is it just a difference between college and real world? Is it a difference between, you know, people learning more liberal stuff and then like independently choosing to become more or less aligned with that? Is it the difference between like real life conversations versus like a lot more internet conversations? I don't know. Is it just the difference between now we have a name for cancel culture, whereas we didn't have the name for it five years ago? Maybe that. But there is actually another thing I was reading from some guy who does some newsletter or whatever. I forget his name. Um, But was also kind of arguing like, is the modern cancel culture, particularly of online intellectual spheres, any different than like the vicious fighting that would happen and name calling and then that would happen in like writing papers and and scenes and stuff within like leftist philosophical circles in the seventies. And I don't know because I wasn't around for that, but like, who knows? Maybe it's just like, this is the same shit that was always happening for people who are politically engaged. The difference is now more people are politically engaged. And again, they can do it on Twitter. Yeah. Or also like, this this is just like mob mentality, right? Is is a more generic term for this kind of thing. I guess this is just like the modernization in general of mobs doing stuff. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, for better and worse. Guillotines all the way down. <laughs> it's not the friends you make along the way. It's the guillotines that cut your head off. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. One other potential thing that I am interested in is 
think we've talked a lot about how there's the discussion slash fight over is a thing bad or not or how bad or not is a thing. And then we talked a little bit in the case of like, should there be a mob? Should you lose your job? Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the other half of the equation, if you think of cancel culture, is like someone did something bad and we need to do something about it. I think there is also a lot of argument about the like, what is the right thing to do about yeah. someone doing something bad and how much is it variable depending on the badness or the thing that happened or on who you were doing it to. And I just wanted to yeah, any thoughts on the punishment side of the equation, if punishment should even be yeah. the goal of a person did a bad thing? Uh, I, I think one thing first off is apologies are important and the way how people react to it also matters, right? Like there's the first step of finding out someone did something bad and then there's how are they themselves responding to it, right? It's mm -hmm. like I know Dan Harmon, for example, he had a some... I, I think sexual assault claims. He was um, being uh, just being a tyrant. So it was well. One, I think everyone was like, he's not a very good boss in general. Sure. Um, but then also a particular writer on his female writer on his show. Um, he had a crush on her. Was very sort of clearly doing the the thing of like, and let the crush way 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 too much influence. Um, the way he was treating her in the room, both positively and negatively, but sure. even the positive side was bad because it's like you should be giving, you shouldn't be giving people extra attention because you have a crush on them. It should be because yeah. they're good at being a comedy writer. Um, and I think also asked her out like more times than was remotely appropriate, if any oh. time was appropriate, given that he was technically her boss. So I think it, it wasn't to the level of, or even that weird phrasing, there wasn't an actual like, this is a sexual harassment claim, but it was a like clearly inappropriate behavior from yes. a boss that has a crush on an employee. Gotcha. So for him, I remember that this employee had said like she had gotten a phone call from him you know, when she had come forward with this information and had apologized and had said like Dan Harmon has done a masterclass in apologizing, like take notes and and like he did a good job apparently of it you know it's like it's a thing that people can do but they have to acknowledge what they have done wrong and hold themselves accountable to use that phrase for the 10th time so there's that part of it and then there is like oh yeah of punishment like i don't i don't know because i think there is this notion of like if someone well now it's my turn to say it like if someone says i'm a nazi and they're the ceo of some public facing company yeah, I do think they should lose their job. Like, I do think we should harass the company to get the board of directors to remove him from office or mm -hmm. from CEO office, whatever that is called, right? Yeah. Um, like, that's bad. And the only way how we can hold companies socially to, to force them to, like, stand together with the social norms of the time uh, is to try and influence them. Ooh. I it, okay, I like that yeah. because I do think maybe ooh maybe this is the skeleton key that unlocks my own thinking about cancel culture in the versions of it that I think I like, not like, am okay with in the grand scheme of things versus the stuff that I bristle against is may come down to like what is the goal of the people doing the thing and yeah. uh, doing the canceling 
And is the goal like what you were just saying right there around like the goal is what we want, the end goal we want to do is to make the world a better place. And one of the tactics we will use in that is like, we need to make it clear that, hey, powerful people being Nazis makes the world a worse place. You can't do that. So we are going to nope. do what we can do to make sure that that is not the case to set that example, to try and, um, in that case, see not even necessarily punishment in terms of removing the person. It's saying that like, no, we can't have someone with this ideology have this level of power and influence. Um, sure. At least in that framing, the fact that like this guy is losing something is almost secondary to the broader societal goal of what we're trying to accomplish versus if the idea is like, this person did a bad thing, let's make them feel really bad about it, or let's enact a punishment on it, um, sure. that, or it will, I, what I think is the case of a lot of Twitter cancel mobs in particular, and this is me speculating, it will make me feel better about myself and make me feel more secure in my own belief in myself as a good person to be able to say, this person is bad, or do something to try and express that that person is bad. Yeah. In those, I think that's sort of where I draw the it's line. Like, it's almost like a sense of virtue signaling, almost virtue signaling, but also um, I think that's part of it. I guess basically what I'm saying is where I sort of draw the line, thinking out loud, is if the end goal of what you're trying to do is to actually make the world a better place. Maybe I quibble with you on some of the tactics, but sure. I think I'm okay with it. And so in some of those cases, like obviously writing the Harvey Weinstein stories. End goals to try and make the world a better place. Yep. Most of the Me Too movement, I think, and most of the like post George Floyd conversations and discussions and callouts and cancellations, I think, end goal of let's try and make the world a better place. When it's an end goal of let's try to punish this person or let's, and that's the end in and of itself, and yep. the, or let's try to make me feel better about myself, and that's the end in and of itself, and the make the world a better place is the window dressing that's when I feel bad about it. The really hard part is how the fuck do you tell the difference between the two easily? <laughs> yeah. That's, I guess that's, the answer uh, is you kind of can't. Yeah. It's, it's to what end is, I guess, the question. Yeah. Yeah. This is a hard topic and um, it's, it's, it's uh, difficult to come down with certain specific answers of like mm -hmm. defining the goodness and badness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, of course, I mean, we said it the little it's beginning. Impossible, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible, especially because like it means seventeen billion things, and some of them are good, and some of them are bad. And also, people will argue about what's good and what's bad. Some of them are both. Some of them are both. And also, I mean, we always qualifying statement from the perspective of us being straight white guys. Um, yeah. But also, in this case, I think a <laughs> a fair qualifying statement of we are straight white left guys and like yeah. <laughs> who who knows what well, I, th I think there's a lot of bad faith bullshit um in a lot of the cancel culture discussion on the right i do think there's also probably a lot of the good faith inversion of this just with positions that i disagree with and maybe even find abhorrent but it is genuinely held beliefs that they are trying to say they should not be canceled over and therefore it's just a diff i guess going back to my my framing of is your goal to try and make the world a better place um or is the goal like something self-serving that's one frame even within the is your goal trying to make the world a better place do i agree or disagree with on the tactics i can quibble about that but also do i agree or disagree with what your vision of a better place is and clearly clearly i think that there are 
this is the nicest possible thing I could ever say about TERFs. But clearly there are TERFs that are genuine in their belief that they think that what they're doing is trying to make the world a better place. I think they are wrong. I think it is dangerous. And I think just because they think they're right does not mean that that should be Absolutely. accepted. Um, so who knows what the, the, the A turf club is talking about right now, but whatever. Oh, God. You heard it here first, people. Uh, Whipple approves of turfs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is what was said in context. Um, see, this is why it's good that we're doing a podcast and not a long Twitter thread. Boy, yeah. God, why do I stay on Twitter? Why, why do I like Twitter so much when it's also objectively such a bad, broken website? I don't know. I, I've wanted to dip my toes into it, but I'm also very glad that I don't. The real answer is it's short. It's text-based. A lot of my friends are on that. It's asymmetric. Um, it's basically the same thing that I get out of Instagram, but the difference is I write things instead of posting pictures, and I like doing that more than posting pictures. So, um, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, oh, God. This wasn't too bad or scary. No, no. I think, um, here's what I'll say. I don't think there's anything in this episode that we will get canceled for that we wouldn't have gotten canceled for in other episodes already. Um, yes, so uh, I think I think if we're, if in 10 years we're going to get canceled, then we're going to get canceled either way. It'll be a, a life well lived. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, anything else on cancellations, cancel culture? I don't think so. Ooh, I guess I promised I was going to decide whether it's good or bad. I think I've come around to your original take of its net, net good and moving the world forward. Cool. But it makes me... There's so much bad shit that I feel uh, is trying to pull me back to the other direction, but not quite doing it. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, I mean, it's hard. You know, it's like I wish there were better forums or ways to do the things that cancel culture is achieving, but that's not the case, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And actually, I think that is jumping back to sort of the extrajudicialness of it all, like most of the Me Too movement came about from like, okay, go to the police. What's that going to do? Nothing. So yeah. what other alternatives are there for some sense of justice or some sense of, if not justice, just preventing bad people from doing more bad things? You know, public call-outs is one of the only tools left. So Yeah, um, that's, that's, I think, the the biggest reason why I generally approve of it is because it like what else do we have which sucks but like nice but bleak we ending have? nice bleak ending <laughs> cancel culture is good because we got nothing better yeah that's yeah i mean you're right though you're right though fun 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 uh if you want to go dig through our archives and find the things to cancel us for. You can do that at the club. That's T-H-E-A-D-U-B.C-L-U-B. Uh, there you can find our topics guide where if you want to find particular cancelable topics, I don't know, 
Joss Whedon say. Uh, You can uh, go look at this list of topics and click through and find the episodes uh, where we talk about those topics. Um, If you also want to find there, you can also find our what we think are some of our best episodes, which include uh, nice light discussions such as can you like good art from shitty people, um, as well as the aforementioned discussion of Joss Whedon and Buffy, which, again, we I will keep saying it whenever I bring up this episode was recorded after we knew he was kind of gross and we did comment on that but before yeah. we knew we, he was as gross as we know he is now um yes. so keep that in mind uh, uh you can also find us of course wherever fine podcasts are found whether that's apple Podcasts, spotify or google podcasts you can follow us on twitter at the aw club uh, that's t-h-e-a-w-r that's t-h-e-a-w-c-l-u-b um and you can of course email us at uh, the aw club at gmail.com and hold for a second because i'm remembering there was an email that came in to our email address uh that i should have had pulled up before wait Come wait on. what load, load 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 um okay okay where is it uh this ah! came from uh wednesday march 5th 20 20- 2021 from alex san filippo uh, to Club. alex says unless i'm not seeing the full list of your podcast episodes you appear to be a new podcaster this is episode 32 33 i think so you're you are not seeing the full list of our episodes but thanks alex uh <laughs> welcome to the he continues welcome to the podcasting world smiley face emoji Many established podcasters helped me when I got started, so I wanted to pay it forward by sending you five things I wish I knew when I started podcasting. Hope this is helpful. Feel free to respond if there's anything I can do uh, to help you with on the ADUB Club. I'd love to connect. Have a great day. Alex Sanfilippo, founder of Podmatch, host of Creating a Brand. Huh. So, so to be clear, we got an advertisement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We got a cold email. We got a cold email from someone who did not even notice that they, we have like thirty episodes uh, in our in our feed. Okay, cool. That's wow. That's a. Uh... You know what? I'm glad for it. I'm 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 happy about that. It's uh, something. I also yesterday did hang out with someone who I added us to their Apple Podcast, and they were like, "Hey," I said, "Hey, we never get any emails. Please email us." And they said yes. So. I'm waiting for your email person who I forget your name because I'm really bad with names, but I remember we had a great time. Shouts, uh, shouts. Yeah, email us in and we'll absolutely read it on the podcast. Also, that's the total move is the be in the room and talk about your podcast and watch them as they actually hit the subscribe button so that you know that at least one download is going yeah. to their phone, even if they unsubscribe immediately after, which obviously seems to be the case based on our listenership numbers that I've To noticed. be clear, I did not push it on this person. Like, no, no, they. No completely of their own i in fact did the opposite of was like no 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 you don't want to listen to it like i talked our podcast down to this person and then mm-hmm. they still subscribed so there you go shouts yeah i uh i always see a noticeable spike in whatever is the episode that is released um at around the time of xoxo especially if i go to the podcasters meetup and ever talk about the podcast because then people will you know it's the move you're at a podcasters meetup you download everyone's podcast and give it a listen obviously um and then it gets right back to normal after that. Uh, so we appreciate the one listen. Uh, the, we appreciate you trying, even if you're going to bounce. Uh, that's great. Um, but yes, you can, of course, email us at theaw.club if you want to be like Alex and cold email us um, uh, with your pod match suggestions. And I believe that is it. That's all. AW Club out. AW Club out. 
it is interesting. I mean, in that, hey, episode, blah, 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 whatever number it is, uh, allegedly, 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 can you like good art from shitty art people? Yeah. Um, I do think an interesting case in between the two of those uh, is how for a bit. Uh, it is kind of weird yeah. to some degree how Weinstein well, has um, not tarnished not necessarily the reputation. Oh, is now I'm seeing you as offline. Alex Wade. Is it me that's offline um, or is it you that's offline? We've lost Whipple. He is never oh, coming boy. back. It is now the A-Dub show. I'm kind of sad for it. There's no need for a club anymore. It's just a club of one. It's like Club Penguin, except uh, I'm all alone in Nigloo. Just, just chilling here. Topic's too hot. Zencaster couldn't handle it. Oh, fun. Your internet cut out. <laughs> no, it's great. <sighs> they don't want this getting out. They can't handle us telling the truth. Can't handle us spitting the real. Um, hmm. Okay, well. While we wait for Alex Wade's internet to return. Um, <laughs> what else can we talk about? Uh, I watched Eurovision yesterday as we were recording this. It uh, it was fun. I got to watch it with several friends from college um, for whom we all discovered and started watching Eurovision together in college. Uh, we Zoomed uh, from across the country and, and, and watched, and it was uh, a fun time had via the internet. Hello. Um, oh, you're back. I was monologuing about Eurovision. Oh my god! I I so I thought you had cut out. So I was monologuing about how it's no longer the Adobe Club. It's now just Alex Wade. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> oh god, this will be the most fun little like end of episode post credits bit. Ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious how much of mine is gonna. Oh, I hope so, because then you could do the thing where it's like I'm gonna put my part and then put your part <laughs> separate in the two different things. Oh, it's great. Um, uh, oh, I hope so. I hope. Okay. Cool. Well, um, where did you cut out? You cut oh, out. God. Cosby. Cut out. Oh, right. 